and welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. For centuries, humans have been telling stories to either teach or to find like-minded companions. We tell ghost stories not only to spook each other out, but also to find hope that we're not alone in what we experience, that we're not losing our minds. Today's episode is brimming with tales of people who were lucky enough to have witnesses, and also unfortunate people who wish they weren't alone. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first incredible tale is told by Malice Lamb, who may have experienced a glitch in the Matrix or a residual haunt. You decide. When talking to people about what happened, I refer to it as a ghost story or a haunting because it's the closest concept I can think of, but I'm open to any interpretation as to what it could have been. Here's the backstory. This was back in 2007 or possibly 2008, making me 16 or 17. I grew up in a house that one would call haunted. It was the first plantation Victorian of my small East Coast US town built during the Civil War with innumerable histories in it. Strange things did occur from time to time, which I would chalk up to paranormal activity, despite being an agnostic skeptic, with a healthy respect for the possibility of reincarnation from reading case compilations like Life Before Life and its ilk. Anyway, it was about 9.45 on a school night and I was getting ready for bed an avid reader. My routine involved sitting in bed consuming some tome or another before switching off the light and reclining. My precious cat daughter, who is now 21, has slept with me since I was 11 years old. At this point, she was lying on my shins, waiting for me to finish my book. Once finished reading, I would always put the book down next to me in bed, turn off the light, recline, and she would walk up my body and lay on my chest. This time, the universe had a different plan for us. I was engrossed in what I was reading. I think it was a Hannibal derivative, some kind of murder tale, and completely wide awake. I've been a lifelong insomniac, so I never fall asleep easily. This was not a dream forthcoming, let me assure you. I put the book face down next to me as usual and reached up to turn out the light, a vintage standing lamp that arched over my bed, but this time, as soon as I hit the switch, before I even reclined, right as the room went dark, a body falls onto the bed. That is the only description for what happened, because that is what we felt, what both my cat and I experienced. A body, the heft and size of a small man, falls from thin air onto the bed with an audible womp. There is nothing else it felt like but a goddang falling corpse, somehow materializing mid-plummet, falling on top of me and my cat from some height, judging by the force of the impact. It scared the bejesus out of my cat, who instantly flew off the bed and out the door in a total flight of panic. I knew it was a real event because of her reaction. I immediately turned the light back on, and nothing was there. Well, no, not nothing, because there was an imprint a body-sized divot upon my down comforter where this invisible thing had whomped upon us to prove 
Alongside the cat reaction and the audible noise it had made, and the sensation of its impact, that it really had existed. It had happened. Yet, in telling this story, I feel the burden of incredibility. How could such a thing have happened? The logical part of my brain longs to fit a neat solution onto what happened that night, but logic does not explain it. In the years since this occurred, I mulled over the incident frequently, and in my heart, I believe that I experienced some poor soul suicide. Perhaps not a suicide in our dimension, or maybe not in our timeline, or maybe just not at this juncture in our timeline, I don't know. What I know is that a body plummeted onto me in the middle of the night from some other dimension, and such a force must have come from somewhere, which leads me to believe it was the impact felt from somebody's jump to their demise. It gives me the willies to imagine that perhaps somewhere in our world, or in a world much like our own, parallel to our own, at the exact same time that I turned out the light, some poor soul jumped to his death and I felt it. Other times I imagined that it was a suicide that happened in the past whose resonance I felt on my own time. Other times I imagined that it was a suicide that happened in the past whose resonance I felt in my own time, somehow. Maybe of someone who had memories in the house I lived in long before I lived in it. I often think this because of the size of the body and the fact that men were a bit smaller back then. The fact that it was a man is a fact to me as plain as the pressure of the impact. I could just tell a small man's body struck me. I could be wrong on that fact, but in my bones, I feel it to have been a small male, and the impact was his death. How? I don't know. Only the complex, unknowable Matrix universe knows how it happened. Okay, now that is something I have never heard before. I can't imagine feeling that in the darkness. I don't know if I would have waited to see something or not once the lights were on. I hope you and your precious elderly kitty weren't too traumatized by that experience. Trust5419 regales us in our next story with multiple odd experiences in their apartment shared by more than a living roommate. This was about 20 years ago in an apartment in San Diego, which was a new build. I lived there with my girlfriend for about a year, then we broke up. She moved out and a friend moved in because he needed a place to crash for a few months and I could use help with the rent. We'll call him Z. I had a fold-out couch Z was staying on and Z wasn't working so he would pretty much watch TV all day or play video games while I was at work. In the evenings, we partied too much. Z would always complain that he couldn't sleep and would always find himself awake in the middle of the night, staring up at one corner of the room. I never thought of this because alcohol and drugs mess with everything, so I was like, whatever, you're going to bed blackout drunk every night. I had a DVD player with no buttons on it. You had to use the remote to control anything besides turning it on or off. Z bought Lost on DVD. That's how old this story is. And he yelled out, hey, I'm going to start watching this. And I said, let me know when it's loaded up and I'll come out. A half hour passed and I went out to find the place a mess. Long story short, he couldn't find the remote. 
We then collectively tore that place apart. We spent nearly two hours looking everywhere for the remote. Since we drink a lot, we even checked our cars, the dishwasher, and pockets and jeans that were in laundry baskets, literally everywhere. Since C was staying on a pull-out couch, we, of course, took that all apart, and it wasn't there. At this point, we felt defeated and agreed to go buy a new DVD player to watch Lost. We put the house back together and were sitting on the couch side by side. And I knew it was a long shot, but I thought, I didn't check the freezer, even though we checked the fridge. So I said, hey, let me check one last place. Went to the freezer, not there. I went back to him and the freaking remote was on the couch exactly where I was sitting when I got up 20 seconds before to go to the freezer. Z was on his laptop right next to it the whole time. I picked it up and said, dude, where did you find it? He looked at me and turned white. We both ran outside and flipped out for about 45 minutes. Over the period of the next few weeks, stuff that carries electrical charges went missing. Electric razor chargers, phone chargers, MP3 player chargers, and laptop cables. Z moved out on a weekday while I was at work. The room he was staying in was empty besides the furniture. When I got home from work, all those cables were in a corner of the room. I know this wasn't him messing with me because he made me mail a few to him. So once Z moved out for some reason, I couldn't sleep in my own bed and I could only sleep on the couch. Almost every night I would wake up sitting on the couch staring at one upper corner of the room, just like he did. Where I worked once a month, I would have to work a late shift. As such, I got home around 7 a.m., crashed on the couch, and at around 10 a.m. I woke up and there was an old man sitting in front of me about four feet away. I played it off as if I was just tired and dreaming, but I stared at him for about a minute and realized I was awake. He wasn't dressed like an old man either. He was wearing a t-shirt, sneakers with socks that went to his calves, and a baseball cap. After about three minutes, he, in an unnatural way, turned to look at me, made eye contact, then took a few steps and disappeared. I flipped the heck out, and while I planned to move out of there in two weeks, I was gone in just a few days. I have more stories like this, but this one carries the most weight, so I wanted to share it while I was on my computer and could type. While it's terrifying to go through any sort of unexplained phenomena, it must feel better to at least go through it with someone else so you don't feel insane. I'm curious if the experiences were most concentrated in that room, which is why Z decided to leave. He probably dealt with many experiences we don't even know about. Our next chilling tale comes from Scared Expression 444, who terrifies us with a few ominous encounters. When I was a kid, my mom and I lived with my grandparents in their three-story house. It had a basement, a ground floor, and a second floor. To give context, there was a living room directly in front of the stairs leading upstairs so you could see my mom's room on the left, this is important for later, and my grandparents' room on the right. My room was further down the second-story hall, but I spent a lot of time alone and with my uncle in the basement. For more context, the basement was a huge rectangle with one room directly to the left of the stairs, which was my uncle's room. 
in one room in the far back left corner, a storage room, also important for later. This all happened when I was eight or nine, I can't remember exactly. The first time it happened was honestly the worst. I was homesick from school. In reality, I just wanted to play Halo, bro. But everyone in the house worked, so I was alone, and my uncle was at school. The only Xbox in the house was in the basement, so naturally, when everyone left, I got up and went to play Halo. I'm down there for a few hours playing games happily, and all of a sudden, the storage room I mentioned earlier creaks. It opens ever so slightly, not completely, just enough to see a slit of darkness, and plain as day, I hear my mom call me from what sounded like the furthest corner of the storage room, saying she needed help putting something away. My mom wasn't home at this time, and I knew this. I didn't turn anything off. I bolted upstairs and laid on the couch until my uncle got home from school. He asked why I left the Xbox on, and he thought I was sick and laughed at me. I just laughed back and said, My bad, won't happen again. The only other time this happened was actually during a family dinner. We had cousins and pretty much our entire family over for a holiday. My cousins and I were playing with Nerf guns in the living room. They got hungry and went to get more food, so I sat by myself in the living room, reloading my magazines with darts, when something caught my eye upstairs. This is the same year as last encounter, I'm still eight or nine at this scenario. It was my mom's room door. It had opened, and because it was like 8pm, it was dark upstairs. No one was up there, so no lights were on, but my mom had walked out from the darkness and kind of waved me over to her with a weird smile on her face. I yelled to her, Why? And she just kept waving me over. But I clearly saw my mom, so I didn't question her again and started walking over. As I got to the start of the stairs, I looked to my right and saw my mom talking with my aunt at the dinner table. I walked over and asked if she had been upstairs, and she said no. When I went back to the living room, I looked up the stairs, and her door was closed again. Nothing like that ever happened again, but it still gives me the chills when I think about it. Ew, I am screaming. That is going in the top creepy stories I've heard on this show. It's terrible enough when something unexplainable is happening to you as a child, but then it tries to manipulate you by impersonating your mom. I draw the line at intelligent haunts that are attempting to lure you into dark rooms. No, thank you. 14 The Tower tells us our next story about a mystifying entity. It all started when I was about five, 
My parents never had a lot of money, and at least a few times a year the power was turned off due to failure to pay the bill. Since it was such a frequent occurrence, we always kept a big box of candles and tea lights to light the house in the evenings when we didn't have power. My parents had put me to bed and blown out most of the candles, with the exception of the ones in their room. I woke up at some point early in the night to go use the bathroom, which was directly across the hall from my room in the trailer. I paused in the dark hallway and looked to my left, through the living room and into my parents' room, and I see him. The zebra man. He was roughly my dad's height at around 6'1", and honestly his appearance haunts my dream still. He had the completely nude torso of a human male, but the head, lower arms, legs, hands, and feet of a zebra. His face, though, was slightly different, particularly his eyes. His eyes were orange and marquee-shaped, and not set in the typical spot for an equine. Instead, they were centered at the front of his face. I was a child. I stared. I didn't know if he was real or not. Then he started sprinting, like a human, at me. I started screaming and bolted into the bathroom. I could hear his hooves clicking across our hardwood floor. They got close enough to the bathroom that I could feel the vibrations from his footsteps in the floor under my feet. And then it stopped. Seconds later, my parents were in the bathroom with me as I screamed and cried, terrified. My parents assumed I was sleepwalking. Then it happened again. A few months later, I saw the zebra man again. And again, I stared and he started running at me. Cue screaming and hiding in my parents coming in to comfort me again. As I got older, the zebra man showed up every time we were lighting the house with candles. I learned quickly that as long as I just glanced at him, he would be gone after I'd gone to the bathroom. The last time I saw him, I was 14. He chased me at that time, stopping just short of the bathroom door as he had many times before. After that, home felt a lot more peaceful at night, like something negative had finally disappeared from my life. Okay, I hate that, and I'll be entirely honest with you, I have never heard of an entity like that before. I'm curious if there is any mythology that may incorporate a creature like that, like Bacchus or something. It's so odd that it would only happen when there was no electricity in the home and only up until a certain age. Poltergeists manifest around children going through puberty, but I don't know of a zebra man that torments tweens and teens. If anyone has any clues or ideas, please reach out. Our next story is from Gail Moon, who found out they live with an extra sibling. This past weekend, my parent had an experience. I did not make much of it, and neither did the rest of the family. I am going to use general terms to protect some privacy. This parent got up in the morning for work and they were washing some dishes from the night before. I woke up and was able to hear them wash the dishes and everything. Nobody else in the home was awake besides one of our pets. My parent came into the room and asked for my sibling. I mentioned that they were sleeping upstairs. We have a single room upstairs, somewhat like an attic, but it's used as a bedroom, where my other sibling was. At this point, my parent told me to swear that my sibling was upstairs. I explained that, yes, they were, and I had not seen them come downstairs. 
My parent then said that she had seen my sibling run around the house and could feel the feet and items move as they ran. They were so sure that they walked over to peek around the couch to scare them and play hide and seek. We did not discuss more. However, more recently, I have also seen the same sibling at home, despite everyone being away. This sibling is still in grade school, so they wake up and get taken to school by one of my parents. I was also getting ready to leave for work, and as I was heading out of the bathroom, our cat ran and hid behind my bed. He's still a kitten, so he's very playful. The hiding is not suspicious to me as he had been running around and playing by himself throughout the morning. Back to the story. I was leaving the bathroom and walking towards the bed to play with the cat. My bedroom door is in front of the door that leads to the dining room or common area. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw this sibling sitting at the dining room table eating breakfast with only hair covering their face. I even made out the clothes they were wearing. As I went to play with the cat, it occurred to me to tell the sibling to stop playing with the cat and hurry up or else they'd be late for school. I walked out of my bedroom and remembered my parent had already left with them. I was the only one in the house. These experiences haven't felt malicious. The only common denominator between the two times this occurred is that the cat seems to be playing with them just like he does with my sibling. I'm glad to hear that the entity didn't feel malicious. At the end of your story, I had the idea that maybe the spirit was taking on the appearance of your sibling because it wanted to simply play with the kitten. But ghosts can play with cats anytime. It may have seen that the kitten really enjoyed playing with your sibling, so maybe it just copied their look. Who knows? Grandma Take Me Home brings us our final story and tells us what could be on the other side of Unknown Caller. When I was a teenager, I was often home alone as my dad spent a lot of his time at our summer cottage with his girlfriend. I was responsible for the house and if I needed to be informed of anything, my dad would call our home. One night, the phone rang and instead of the normal going up the stairs to pick it up, I got a really bad feeling. Like if I picked it up, it was going to be really bad. Like I should not answer the phone. I shook the feeling away because if my dad was calling this late, it had to be important. Only, when I picked it up, it wasn't my dad. It was this not-a-human voice saying, Hello? Which is the word we use to greet people on the phone in my country. I admit to smashing the phone back on its holder and not wasting much time to get my shoes and jacket to run out. Yeah, I apparently scare very easily. Fast forward two years, I'm in my first apartment and have my own mobile phone. I was walking with my brand new puppy when I got a call that went straight to voicemail. I got the same dreadful feeling even though it was a sunny day and I was outdoors. I played my messages and I had one from my grandma and one from an unknown number. I played both. The one from my grandma was just normal like, call me back when you get this. And then when it got to the other one, it was the same, Hello? in a not-human voice that I had heard a few years ago. I know it sounds ridiculous, but this is 100% true. The only way I can describe the voice is that it was between a growl and a speaking voice. 
This is something I don't tell people, not because I am not a believer in the paranormal, but because it sounds so weird. I also still don't like to be at my dad's house alone. It's a creepy circus of its own, but the phone calls still bother me, even though it's like 17 years ago. Not gonna lie, but that's the literal thing of nightmares. Millennials have phone anxiety, but this really just kicked up a few more notches. Thanks for reminding me to never pick up the phone again for the rest of my life, especially from an unknown number. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice and give us a follow. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, where I now share some of my favorite stories from episodes past, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Jesse Hawk, writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer and audio smith for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that? <laughs>